you're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Generation Z, the generation born from 1994 onwards. They want their leaders to be positive according to generations, a study of more than 18,000 working professionals and students across the world. The study conducted by INSEAD, Universum and MIT found that the ever-increasing speed of technological change is opening up fissures in both generational expectations of leaders and their expectations of their own paths to management. The mix of aspirations and demands from the different generations presents challenges that will have to be carefully managed. In this episode, we discuss Generation Z with Robin Dupi and Alexander Eisler, a couple of our current Master of Management students who are in the middle of studying with 130 of their Generation Z colleagues from across the globe. I think it's a generation that also because we're so overloaded with information, we start thinking about more larger, far-reaching topics a lot earlier. And we, are, we care about our role in, in the world a lot earlier and a lot maybe a lot more broader uh, than, than generations who haven't just haven't been exposed to as many things um, at earlier ages. We also discussed how Generation Z likes to be managed and their expectations of leaders. If you as a manager, employer, founder, an inspiring person that is authentic, your employees will definitely go the extra mile for you. And how Roxandra Tosan, one of our career coaches at the Career Development Centre, is witnessing this generation mould the career landscape. Honestly, even us as career experts, what we're seeing right now is that the interview process is starting to change because it's not only the recruiter asking questions and trying to test you, but you are also thinking in different ways and more innovative questions for the recruiter to actually test the fit with the culture of the company. So the relationship is kind of shifting here from, hey, I really need this job, let me impress you, to, hey, I do need a job, but how can you impress me as well and how can we work together and that's really amazing to see so let's get in the know with robin alexander and roxandra i guess first of all we'll start with uh, a basic question which we always start with is who are you um you know where have you come from how did you get to where you are today and i guess we can start with ladies first let's start with roxandra Thank you, Luke. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so my name is Ruxandra. I'm originally from Romania, but been living in France for the last 11 years. Fell in love with the French culture, the wine and the cheese, and decided to stay. Uh, came here for my bachelor degrees and master's degrees. So I did a couple of things in anthropology and then moved to communication and business and be working at INSEAD for the last uh, six years and enjoying Fontainebleau a lot. Great. And how about Robin? Give us an introduction. Yeah, so I'm Robin. Uh, I was born in Germany. I lived, I grew up there for most of my time. I lived uh, for Mexico in Mexico for about three years. I lived in Australia for, for a while. After high school, I studied uh, business administration and economics in Germany. Worked in a few different, few different companies. I did uh, some strategy. I did some sales in medtech, in automotive, in manufacturing and everything. And uh, since August 2021, I am part of the 
BIM class of 2022. I've had a lot of fun here so far. And uh, on the side, besides that, I love music, I play guitar, and I love snowboarding. Fantastic. Alex. Cheers, guys. I'm Alexander. Um, uh, like Robin, a MIM22 student, currently based in Singapore as well. I was born and raised in Austria, and I've had my fair share of professional exposure as well. I've delved into different industries, ranging from business development, a bit of consulting, and also tried my own startup. And I felt like it's time for me to explore the world a bit more and uh, different cultural environments. So I decided to go for INSEAD. And uh, now my my short-term goal is to go into consulting, uh, stay in Southeast Asia, and then eventually found my own company when I feel like I'm ready. And on the side, apart from academic or professional stuff, I love to play tennis. So you'll probably find me hitting some other aces on the court. <laughs> Very nice. I noticed tennis was a big theme on your LinkedIn profile. So <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Um, I guess, yeah, moving into some of the highlights, um, I guess for the for the two of you very early in your um, professional careers, what are some of the key highlights to date that you've experienced in, in, in your own professional careers? Sure. So I think for me personally, aside, my one of my personal biggest achievements is getting into INSEAD. This is a school that I've always, always wanted to be in. But I think my personal highlight is during my time, um, I worked in corporate strategy for a automation technology company. And uh, I had a very cool event where I presented and I did, essentially, I did communications classes where we communicated, we designed a corporate strategy, we communicated that to the workforce to about 15 employees at a time. Um, I had the pleasure of doing one of those sessions or a couple of those sessions, um, explaining them the vision, explaining them the strategy and uh, telling them kind of where the company is going, which was a, which was an incredible experience. Mm, fantastic. And Alexander? Well, for me, I'd have to go with uh, my entrepreneurship experience. And although the company didn't succeed eventually, I uh, had a lot of learning experience throughout the whole process. I started from basically scratch with my co-founder. We wrote our own patent, did the web design, hired uh, employees. And I feel like well, what I could infer from all the, that whole experience overall is that project management is, is starts way beyond uh, way before the idea. It's 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 just planting that seed and eventually growing it making making the whole project eventually work through strategic planning and that is something i've now incorporated that i'm way more uh, about uh, the whole planning phase regardless of what i do when it comes to academic achievements or assignments uh, over to whenever i'm employed anywhere sure and i think you touching back on your introduction you mentioned that you know it's something you want to continue to look in towards you know in the startup environment i guess you said you know you weren't successful in, in on this occasion but obviously it was a good experience or, or uh, you felt like you got a lot of value for it that you want to go back into that or back in that direction would that yeah would definitely that be but i've 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 also uh, seeing that I do not personally feel ready yet and that's why I want to do some years of consulting where I get the different uh, industry insights and, and also can build a network that I can later rely on. But eventually my goal is to indeed start a start a company and, and make a self make make a change myself, sort of have my, my own personal impact with uh, my professional exposure. For sure. Roxandra? You got any 
key highlights in your career that you can share with us? Sure. So when I think about who I am today and where I'm today, there are three things that come into my mind that really define that journey. The first one would be moving from Romania to France and just getting exposed to different opinions, a different culture, really an amazing learning experience. And then the second one would be my master's degrees because we I kind of moved from the model, like just learning from the professors, but also learning from my peers. I met really extraordinary people that really helped me even today with career decisions. And we created this group of, you know, peer sharing and, and learning all together and facing challenges and building this uh, type of community. And that was really, really amazing for me. And uh, the third one would be uh, one which I wish on, on all the students that I'm coaching right now is really stumbling upon, if I can say like that, on an amazing boss. I had an amazing mentor, somebody that is still working at INSAT today and uh, somebody that moved from that kind of manager-employee relationship to more to a mentorship type of exchange. And that really helped me discover, you know, that I like coaching and what I'm good at and led me to, to the job that I have today. Hmm. Yeah, really important. Um, we've talked about on this podcast before, you know, the importance of mentors and support going forward. So fantastic. It's always nice to have that. Um, touching upon, you know, further what you do, Roxandra, what does a career coach at INSEAD actually do? I guess we're specifically talking about the, the Master in Management program, given the guests we have today. But, um, you know, it is available through a lot of the programs that INSEAD has. So what does a career coach actually do for, for the MIM students in particular? Yeah, so the career coach really represents the trusted partner for each student. Each student has an assigned career coach. So we work with students from the very beginning, even from P0. And then uh, we are so happy to see them evolve throughout the year. And uh, when they get that job uh, right at the end or even before, uh, we're really there to support them in the self-exploration phase as well, to help them discover their true values, who they are, and which sector or company they would be comfortable and happy to work in and bring that meaningful contribution to and then of course we we help them as well with uh, you know getting ready for interviews writing a cv a good cover letter how to nail those stories how to pitch themselves and uh, uh, learn some networking uh, techniques and uh, we're very happy at the career centers in general because you do have this coaching support but also you have the sector specialists and they are going to be the ones connecting with the companies and promoting the inside talent and then helping students really penetrate the the market and understand the, the challenges of the current market today. And uh, of course, we're all supported by a great operations team uh, as well. So at Careers, uh, we, we love our jobs, we love the students, and, uh, and we are definitely trying to do our best to, to help them get uh, from point A to point B. Mm. And that's, I guess, the, the career coach side of things. But from, from both of your experiences with career coaches, how did you find that process? Did you use it? And uh, I guess it's, it's an optional thing, isn't it? It's there for them to use, but, you know, they can use it as much or as little as they want. Yeah, it is optional, but also kind of mandatory because, mm. you know, if a student doesn't come to see me, I will teams them and I'm like, hey, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, how can I help? So I yeah, think sure. we developed really great relationships of and course. happy, happy to hear uh, from Alex and Robin how they feel about it as mm. well. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think, to be honest, it, it depends very much on, on the point where you are, more or less. Um, we had several of our classmates came in with offers from companies. So 
uh, I think the question is how you how you take it yourself. If you see it as, oh, this person will get me a job, this person will help me search for a job, that's a very limited way of uh, looking at it. And then if you have a job, you stop going. I personally um, like to see it more as a kind of a, a personal coach kind of thing, about more about personal development. So not only write, how do I write my cover letter better? How do I prepare for an interview better? And all of that kind of stuff. But also, you know, how do I, what kind of things do I have to improve on? How do I work on certain aspects that I feel like I'm still weak in? What aspects do I need to improve upon? Um, also in the long run, think about, okay, where's my long run career going? Where do I want it to go? Um, so I think there's a lot of lot of this personal development stuff that it, it's a huge topic that you can open for yourself up if you choose to do that. Mm, for sure. Yeah, I can I can definitely echo what uh, Robin said. It's also for me that it's not really about the the cover letter that needs that tweaking. Of course, the career coach is also there for that. But for me, it's also a personal development journey that I share with the career coach and where I'm open towards feedback and I, where, where I active, proactively uh, ask for feedback. I think that's what it's really about. And definitely not everyone uh, perceives it in that way. But I feel like if you want to make the most out of the opportunity, that's definitely uh, the way to go. And with regards to what Roxandra said early on, definitely the career coaches will uh, will want you to to connect with them. I I try to have uh, Emmanuel as my career coach, and I, we try to keep each other posted uh, every two weeks. And the other day, I forgot and uh, she posted something on LinkedIn, and she initially uh, she instantaneously slid into my DMs and uh, asked <laughs> me, uh, "You forgot to update me?" So you can really make a lot out of it uh, if you yeah. take it seriously and and keep each other connected yeah i think it's also about opening up and about seeing especially because we're quite a bit younger than the people that are usually but at insead uh taking this kind of step seriously and being like okay hey this isn't just some some light talking some blah blah it, this is actually something that can really really help me in the long run but that also requires me to open up and to accept maybe things that i don't uh, immediately like to hear mm. For sure. I think that's a common message here a lot from all the programs, not just the MIM or MBA. In, you know, while you spend your time here for 12 months, however long the program is, and, and you do grow and develop a lot during the program, it's also about the journey afterwards. So you've got obviously the alumni network that you'll be part of. You'll be going for future jobs, you know, maybe not the first job, but the second, third, however many jobs you have in your career. And these are opportunities for you to grow and develop as a professional uh, for your future, uh, however long that would be. So, yeah, really nice message. Uh, I like that. We're going to be talking more specifically about the younger generation, which has been labelled many times by various publications, I guess, but Generation Z or Z is a common label uh, for the younger generation. When I was putting this together, I thought it was a really interesting tape because I guess while you, the two of you particularly are well and truly part of this generation, I think one of the greatest insights you can sort of share with our listeners and everyone out there is that you have a, a huge network of people within that generation from all over the world, so many nationalities from different backgrounds and cultures and you know working professions that you've probably seen a great melting pot of Generation Z. Um, so I guess what are some of the sort of commonalities you see within your generation that, that are global or international? You know, what, 
what are some of the things that your generation holds dear or the, some of the traits or personalities that are common in your generation? Well, to start with, um, I'm going to elaborate from a point that's that's uh, really personal to me. And mm. I feel like that's also a, sort of a misunderstanding about Generation C. Yeah, please I feel do. like there is a common belief, especially among older generations, that uh, Generation Z uh, has the easiest life because we have an oversupply of information. We're living in uh, the best uh, standards that the, our planet has ever experienced uh, from a point of view, uh, considering wealth and, and, and standards of living. But I also feel like that puts a lot of pressure on our generation. In a sense, just consider the, the oversupply of information with regards to Instagram or social media. There's always this sort of element where you compare yourself to others, where you sort of start doubting yourself because... Uh, what if that person sees my Instagram post and uh, doesn't like it? You know, there's always, you start comparing yourself to others and uh, you start feeling worse about yourself and you want to overperform all the time. And that's, uh, I think, a common trait that uh, can be seen across uh, Generation Z. Uh, another one would be, uh, also with regards to the oversupply of information, is that our attention span is uh, lowered. However, that is not true for everyone. It still is uh, dependent on how much are you actually willing uh, to commit and pay attention to a certain uh, topic. But uh, that's something, definitely something that our generation has to struggle with and uh, is, is way more exposed than any other generation before. No, I think I, I agree very much with Alex. So this thing about, about you're a lot more exposed and you expose yourself a lot more. I think on top of that, something that I, I feel, I don't know if that's something that is particular to Generation Z, but I feel with a lot of my classmates is this desire to have an impact and to kind of kind of shape the world in a way, but on the other side, also have a certain sense of liberty and of freedom where you can make your own decisions. I think it's a generation that also because we're so overloaded with information, we start thinking about more larger far-reaching topics a lot earlier and we are, we care about our role in in the world a lot earlier and a lot maybe a lot more broader uh, than than generations who haven't just haven't been exposed to as many things mm. um at earlier ages mm. yeah no, that's a valid point and from the outside looking in i guess roxandra if, if you sort of notice some commonalities between the the, the younger Generation Z compared to ourselves, I guess. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of the, the other exposures you've had to other programs and other participants on in later generations. Yes, definitely. I, I completely agree with Alex and Robin because the discussions we have in the coaching uh, sessions are more around the impact that a person wants to have. Uh, and how do you define that impact? Because it can be something very large, but then together we can work on really defining a list of actionable steps that you can take towards this impact. So it's really a wonderful journey of, of building that path, but also taking into account that this generation, from my perspective, is very honest, is very pragmatic, is very analytical. They have access to so much information. It is really helping the individual to make sense of all of this information and take what's good for themselves and, and build themselves towards the, the career goal. Mm. Sticking on that topic of, of career goals, um, 
I guess I guess it's a question for Robin and uh, Alexander. Is you know what is your expectation of the the workplace uh, or the workforce, and how do you feel that it's sort of different? Your expectations are different from sort of other generations. Sure, I think uh, it depends on how you look at it. I think in the end, you have to kind of admit that we here at INSEAD, we are a very selected group. We are mm. very diverse in terms of nationality and backgrounds, but we're still, you know, in a sense, very, very privileged. So I think of we course. have different as we don't, we're not the best representation of the general average. But I would say what I do see for myself and also with a lot of others is you want a balance between, of course, this topic of impact, but then on the other side, you want, especially in earlier jobs, you want an environment that you feel comfortable in, that you like. Hmm. I think this topic of uh, not necessarily work-life balance, but not feeling like your job is a chore or your job is something that you have to do to just survive. And it's more that you actually want to find fulfillment and happiness in your job and, uh, I think for me personally, what is also very, very important is that I feel like I have room to grow, that I can become better, that I know that I can improve, that I can have more responsibility. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's about development and enjoyment of the job. And I think this topic of purpose and uh, passion in the work that you do, that I think that has become a lot more important in recent years. And I think that is especially important for um, my or our generation. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, all about uh, the whole experience of of the workplace. When we just uh, trim it down to to the physic physical aspect of the office, I think it's uh, I would say giving employees, especially generation set employees, the opportunity to um, express themselves creatively and also give them the opportunity to to live their work-life balance in the office. It could be through a ping-pong table or just a chill-out area. I feel like the the traditional perception of, uh, I would say, work hard, play hard in an office is is not up-to-date anymore and not contemporary anymore. Mm, For sure. Roxandra, for you, I mean, again, looking from the outside in, what are some of the the companies or the roles or the jobs that you find that you know generations there the mim students are really looking towards is is there a some few commonalities that that come across or is it quite broad well look to be honest i really hope companies and recruiters are listening to this podcast because what alex and robin said is really great and they need to get ready because this generation is is coming and is coming strong. So it, the companies need to really think about not only filling up a role because of the technical competencies that a person might have, but really for their ability to, to contribute to the company and to the company's reputation and their societal goals. So uh, this changes a little bit the way uh, the individuals are going to do their research on the market. So students from what i've seen they're going to look at the reputation of the company of how the company is acting as a global citizen and how the company is going to look for solving some of the world problems like hunger sustainability and climate change Mm -hmm. and that makes me really happy and excited for the future because i do feel that this generation is going to bring some change and maybe a little bit faster than other generations and in terms of industries what i see and alex and robin pointed out as well there is this need to get 
get a lot of general knowledge and to test things first. So we are going to see a big interest for consulting or technology so we can slowly build that that social impact that we want to create and learn more. Uh, and definitely this thinking of, of long term and how much can I learn now so I can contribute later. Mm-hmm. So companies, again, they, they need to get ready because there is some change coming and some very, very positive change. Mm. I think what is also very, very important is this kind of notion of authenticity. I think it very ha- happens very quickly that you say, okay, this is what attracts Generation Z or this is what attracts the workforce of today. Let's put that into a nice presentation and then we're happy. Um, I think it's very important that the entire picture, when the, whether that is the dress code at the workplace or the way that the companies present themselves uh, during during company presentations, is authentic and feels correct. So I, something that I personally had, uh, I, I had a got an email from a company that I had applied to. I'm not saying which company, but it's a company that has been a lot in the news for very, very bad um, ethical violations and very big, uh, you know, a lot of very, very controversial stuff. And the, they opened the email with, thank you, Robin. Thank you for wanting to make the world a better place together with us. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, guys, let's just, this is not what you're doing. I don't believe that. Um, <laughs> No, and I think I think it's it's very important that you f- you don't necessarily it's not everybody is perfect and everybody makes mistakes, but I think it's about it's kind of openly saying, hey, this is what we are, this is what we do, this is why you, we think you know you want to be a part of us, uh, and I think authenticity in that sense is very very important. Yeah, please be please be authentic and uh, and genuine. Sorry <laughs> to to step in here. Gen- and especially with regards to generation set, we can spot whether it's genuine or just like a slogan to promote the company. Either live it or promote yourself in a sort of average way, but uh, highlight other values. If, if you're really about uh, all about work-life balance and, and attracting generations that you have to do it authentically. Guys, I love that. And honestly, even us as career experts, what we're seeing right now is that the interview process is starting to change because it's not only the recruiter asking questions and trying to test you, but you are also thinking in different ways and more innovative questions for the recruiter to actually test the fit with the culture of the company. So the relationship is kind of shifting here from, hey, I really need this job, let me impress you, to, hey, I do need a job, but how can you impress me as well? And how can we work together? And that's really amazing to see. Yep. Yep. Best for both worlds, for sure. Talking of uh, the challenges, I guess, uh, Roxander, what are, what are some of the most common career challenges that you see the MIM students facing in their journey? Well, you know, look, they're they're young, they're bright, they're very curious. So one of the big challenges would be the sky's the limit, right? Mm-hmm. How how am I going to choose uh, the next move? How am I going to choose a specific industry, a specific employer? So it's really navigating this need of constant learning and trying to figure out who you are. So that's one of the biggest challenges. And I do hope that they find the support in the career coaching program we have, because that's our main objective. And also, again, how to define the impact that I want to make and how to imagine the future also collaborating with other generations because I do feel right now you know they're at the beginning of their career or they have tested some things and 
but I'm so happy to see they're open to dialogue and exchange. So how can they create a better workplace, not only by their own abilities, but also working with the millennials and the Generation X and, and, and all of that. And I'm sure they'll do a wonderful job, but uh, it's really tackling in uh, uh, these challenges uh, at the very early years. Mm. And um, we sort of touched upon the importance of um, mentorship for yourself, Roxandra. Uh, it's a really interesting question. I want to throw back to to the two of you, um, uh, Robin and Alex. What do you expect from your manager or leaders of companies? You've said how important it is to be authentic. Is is that what you're looking for? Is there other sort of traits that you also look for in managers and leaders? I would say to me the single most important trait is to be the ability to create an environment that where i feel like i can fail and i i'm still welcomed in the team and that is to me the the main pillar towards creating just a just a team or a whole company an office whatever it, it might be uh, where employees feel inspired and team members feel like they want to achieve uh, this for the greater good whatever that might be whether it's society or the company but if you as a manager employer founder an inspiring person that is authentic your employees will definitely go the extra mile for you yeah i think i think in a certain sense there's this big factor i think what makes a good manager hasn't changed tremendously I still think that in a certain sense, trusting your people is very, very important. What I want from my, what I would want from a manager is that they trust me, uh, that they also assist me in my growth and assist me in, you know, becoming better through feedback, but also through giving me the opportunity to learn and to try things that I maybe, you know, haven't tried before. I do think on on top of that, it is a very, very important aspect for me personally. In my experience, I've worked in companies where I was with significant age gap the youngest person with an age gap of 10 years or more uh, in departments and the feeling that i get is it's very important to give people the sense that they've been taken serious and that's across all levels whether that is whether you're talking to somebody who's significantly younger or has a you know a different educational background or something i think it's it's incredibly frustrating when you're invited to a meeting uh, you bring in ideas and they say okay okay talk about that uh, we talk about that when you when you're a bit older or something like that i feel like it's it's there is this there's this tendency especially with more experienced people to say hey these people don't you know they don't know anything they're very young which is in a certain sense true you know we don't have 20 years of industry experience i think there can be value still in having a different perspective in it Maybe not on the same topic, but uh, I think it's it, it, it creates a very bad precedence and it creates a very bad environment if people in general feel like they're not being taken serious. Yeah, I feel like there is no time for for steep hierarchies anymore. It's time to to have like a flat structure across the whole company. And of course, younger younger people are less experienced, that's for sure. But they bring in new ideas and new thoughts and that are equally uh, important as experience from my point of view. For sure. And part of the discussion today, I guess, I mean, you know your generation better than anyone else. And as we all know, your generation makes up a vast majority of consumers these days for a lot of companies. So, you know, it, it's very important that we're in touch with our consumers. We know who we're trying to appeal to and who we're trying to engage and who better to tell us 
what engages the most with the generation than the than you guys yourself, the generation themselves. So yeah, I think there's plenty of value to to be bought by all walks of life. And I think that's a big message, an important message you share. So thank you very much. So yeah, let's get uh, kicked off with the the quickfire questions. This is a really interesting question that was coming up a lot on on the the internet. It, it was it made me laugh actually. It says, "Will Generation Z save or change the world?" I thought that's a very grand statement. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Robin and Alex? Well, that is definitely dependent on how you define saving the world. <laughs> I would not necessarily say that we're going to save the world ourselves, but more importantly, we're going to plant the seeds and and build the soil for generations to come to save the world. I feel like the the problems we're struggling with are not yet that close to us, or we cannot fully sense, the, the majority of, of people cannot fully sense the problems personally yet because they are not vastly personally affected yet. But as soon as we understand that, and that is unfortunately going to be way too soon considering climate change and other aspects, we will definitely have to plant the seeds to make make this change. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, save the world, no. I think no generation has ever saved the world. You have to be fair, in the past like 50, 100 years, we've been for the first time at a point where we actually, you know, destroying the world was an actual possibility, first with nuclear warfare and now mm. with climate change. I think saving the world, that is a bit much, but I, I'm sure that we'll change it. Mm. We'll, we'll solve some problems, we'll create new ones. Um, of course. I think it's 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 how time always goes. Mm-hmm. Roxandra, from your point of view, is this the generation to save or change the world? So here's the millennial in me speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely feel that this generation is going to change the world, like all generations. But what I think is going to be specific is that they're going to do it faster. Yeah. I think they're going to take less time of uh, and thinking about what others people think and uh, what can I do and how do I do it? I think they'll go to action a little bit faster and they're going to push companies and politicians to think about priorities and, and to make some real changes uh, quicker. Fantastic. Great. Uh, final question, I guess, is what is the worst advice uh, that you see being dispensed in your world about your generation, Generation Z? Uh, okay, I have a lot to this. Uh, I have a lot of ones. I think one of the ones is that every we all we all are approachable over social media. I think we're at a point where we don't. Uh, social media is not the one thing that's going to convince us to buy anything. Sure. I think one thing that I personally feel is the worst uh, advice is that we all hate suits and we all want to live in offices where we can come in and jog in in, in sweatpants and t-shirts. <laughs> uh, that definitely goes for some people. Of course. I, it doesn't go for me. I love suits. Um, I think I think there is this this general tendency that people think we're so informal, we, we are so chill and we're so relaxed. I think um, there is a lot of seriousness mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of people. Um, so I think that is the, the worst advice that I've heard about about uh, about our generation. Great message. Adding up to that, um, close closely connected to uh, what Robin said already, I feel like the worst inf- uh, worst advice you could give anyone about Generation Set is that we don't care at all. Uh, that is simply untrue, and I feel like everyone um, among my peers or in Generation Z can can definitely agree with that. It, it might seem 
that we care less than other generations because uh, we hide ourselves behind social media accounts or whatever, but it is not true. Mm. It is definitely not true and uh, it's, it's rather an offensive statement mm, of to course. anyone in Generation Z. Yeah, yeah, I think there's this aspect, just very quickly, there's this aspect to it about being overwhelmed in general. I think, as, as I said, we're confronted with very, very big issues and you're like, okay, I'm this... I'm a college student, I'm a university student, what should I do about it? Like, mm. How can I save the world? What can I do to this? So I think there is there is, there is that aspect to it as well. Of course. Roxandra? I think the worst advice you can give to somebody from Generation Z is take it slow and have a bit of patience. You'll get there someday. Life is going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, and the worst advice I heard about dealing with Generation Z is, oh, they're entitled, they want things now, and they want it fast. Yes, they do. And coming back to, to what I was saying earlier, maybe society needs, get, needs to get up to speed on what these people are, are trying to make us aware of, of real issues and, and real problems that the world is dealing with. So uh, no, Generation Z is not entitled. They don't want things fast. They want very, very clear and awesome goals mm -hmm. for all of us as a community to become better. Mm -hmm. And uh, kudos to them. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, that's all the questions we've got uh, for the episode. Um, it's, I mean, I think you've said several times we could talk all day about you know the differences and, and what makes up Generation Z. I, I think it's a great topic. I hope um, the audience has really benefited from some of the information shared. I thank you very much for all of your time and all the best in your future careers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you so much, Luke. And you're a wonderful millennial. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to find out any additional information on the career and leadership topics discussed today, head to inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. If you want to know more about any of INSEAD's master programs, head to insead.edu.